Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And you're with the Oakley Show. Voice is that of Peter Sherman. That's me. And I'm in for today. John is done for uh, live Oakley shows for 2018. But, of course, he'll be back uh, first of the year. Not January 1st, but uh, when we get back to normal programming. And I'll be with you, uh, as I always am, on a fill-in basis, but throughout next week. Because uh, so many of our regulars are taking a legitimate and deserved uh, period of time off to be with their families and friends during the holidays. All right. Um... Let's talk about holidays. Holiday travelers, uh, they use various airports, all airports, and today is one of the most, if it isn't the busiest, it's one of the busiest days on a worldwide basis. And uh, if you were flying to England, there's a more than reasonable chance that you would wind up in Gatwick Airport. Maybe not so over the course of the last 24, 48 hours. This is one of the major airports, if not the major airport, serving London, England. And... um, It's been beset by uh, a number of drones flying in the area. You can't have major airliners mixing it up with drones. If if one of those things uh, gets into the engine of a great big jet on takeoff, you can have a significant disaster. And uh, depending on the size of the drone, depending on a lot of factors that uh, I can't even get into. But uh, fortunately, we've got somebody who knows an awful lot about drones. His name is Jeremy Wang. He is Chief Technology Officer of the Sky Guys, drone experts. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks, Pete, for having me. Well, tell me a little bit about this. You've probably uh, paid more than passing attention to what's going on in Gatwick. And uh, before, I I know you don't know specifics any more than I do, but talk to me about the conflict between drones and full-blown airliners. Sure. Well, I I know that, uh, you know, the the possibility of incidents between drones and airports is one of the things that keeps our transport minister, Mark Garneau, up at night. Uh, What we do know about the Gatwick incident is that uh, around 9 p.m. local time on Wednesday, uh, there were drone sightings uh, very close to the Gatwick airfield. That caused the airport itself to shut down. Uh, There was a point where the drone sightings had disappeared, and so they briefly reopened and then shut down the airport again. And then finally, very, very early this morning, they opened things up. And at the peak of all of this, uh, the police were involved. There were guns, long, long, long barrel guns uh, on site, and the military was even called in to assist. So it's a very serious incident. Um, and it's really, uh, you know, I think w- woken up a lot of the, the general public, the drone world, regulators, in terms of how bad things can really get. Well, you know, an interesting thing, uh, this is not about me, but I'll tell you this. I've been a pilot, a licensed pilot, for a very long time. And I'm very conscious of um, things like uh, people hiding in a field with a laser pointer and thinking it's really uh, cool to shine it in the pilot's eyes. And then there's this whole issue with uh, other flying kites, flying drones, all of these sorts of things. The reason I bring that up is I can tell you that to get a pilot's license and to pilot an airplane and Mm -hmm. own an airplane, that's a really serious thing. And the government takes it seriously there are tests there are annual checkups there are all kinds of things that go into it but i can go into a store and i can buy a drone and and pretty substantial type of uh, device and i can fly it any way anywhere i want without um, worrying about 
what kind of regulations might exist, uh, mm-hmm. except that we do know that there are regulations that supposedly are supposed to keep you away from airports and uh, flight paths and all the rest of it that people are not respecting. How do we change that? Well, I think what you bring up as an example is it shows really the, the contrast here, right? I mean, as a, as a general aviation pilot, for instance, it's a significant investment money-wise in terms of your time, in terms of training. For a drone, you're absolutely right. You know, I think a lot of people have already pointed out that uh, you can spend 50 to 200 $300 to go buy a drone, but to actually go through the training process at a certified ground school training school is $1,000 or more. So who's going to go to ground school training when it's already cheap enough to buy a drone on your own uh, and start flying? I think to avoid these sorts of incidents in, in the future, it's really going to take a concerted, multifaceted approach between manufacturers, uh, regulators, the drone operators themselves, uh, and the general public, so that we think about ways that technology can set up barriers to prevent incidents like this from happening again, and so that we can also educate people better as to the consequences and real impacts. Right? We're talking 120,000 passengers uh, that were affected by this incident, uh, not to mention what could have happened if the drone had interacted or you know, impacted yeah. an aircraft. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question that I've got. I was on a panel yesterday here, and... Uh, Somebody said, what do we do about this? And Mm -hmm. my sort of instant from the hip uh, answer was, you know, there are these things that are basically radio transmitters called jammers. And jammers are used in various, um, usually Intel, country between country, that kind of thing. Uh, But technically, it wouldn't be that hard, in my view, to set up transmitters on the same channels that um, drones use, because they're all radio controlled, and put them on the perimeters of airports. So that technically, as soon as the drone hit this invisible wall called a jamming signal, it just wouldn't be able to penetrate. Why are we not looking at that? Well, you know, I think that's, that's definitely one of the possibilities, and, uh, and the Gatwick incident is, uh, is a good case of where perhaps having radio jamming or you know, the next step beyond jamming is actually a uh, controlled takeover of the drone. So in a lot of cases, uh, these off-the-shelf drones, the, the command, uh, let's say, protocols are known. So not only can you jam the drone so that it, you know, it's no longer able to fly, you can also take over the drone as well. And um, I think based on some of the images and reports that have come out of the U.K. Ministry of Defense, it looks like some of the equipment they had deployed uh, was designed to serve that effect. Uh, One of the other things that that I'll bring up, too, is that most drones today are equipped with uh, GPS onboard, GPS antennas, and, uh, and they are designed so that you know where the drone is at all times. You can establish no fly zones. A lot of manufacturers have done that. That being said, there are still ways around that. Um, and transponders are another great way to, to help manage the airspace better. Do you think that there, there are penalties in law? I was going to ask you, do you think there should be? There, there yeah. are penalties in law for doing this, but I know of no, off the top of my head, of no um, prosecutions uh, mm-hmm. in line with this. And I think that this kind of thing is a real um, uh, endangerment to life and limb if, yeah. uh, if, if people do cross the line and get near an airport. I have no idea what possesses people to, to, uh, to go and, and try to, to do this, to try to disrupt air traffic. It's not mm-hmm. funny. It's, uh, it, it, in effect, whether you're doing it for what would be conventional terrorist reasons, in other words, you're operating on behalf of some group and you want to kill people, yeah. I don't think we're looking at that. But it's, it yeah. nonetheless comes down to the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, Peter. I mean, um, you know, I think there were some reports that, that uh, and we don't know where exactly this came from, but there were some reports that perhaps this is linked to some kind of environmental activism. But if it is, it's, it's really quite an egregious uh, incident, quite an egregious act uh, on behalf of whoever's responsible. You know, I think that 
the, the, you know, the, a lot of the drone regulations uh, were, were drafted up in a time when people were only thinking about drones as a recreational device. So clearly, drones and, and what they're capable of have gone beyond that. So uh, I'm entirely confident that, uh, you know, should the, the UK authorities manage to find this person and bring them to justice, they are not going to be prosecuted just under the, the regular drone regulations, but, uh, you know, the, the full scope of the criminal code. Okay, well, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Jeremy. You've uh, shed some light on this. I think the best uh, of the uh, of the Q and A that we've gone through is uh, you informing us that there actually are such things as jammers, and mm-hmm. indeed the codes on these things uh, can be manipulated by people who are not in control of the uh, the drones. I would hope that our authorities are considering that carefully because uh, I know it's Gatwick, but I think about places like Pearson, and uh, I wouldn't want to see us get into trouble. I sure hope so, too. Thanks, Jeremy Wang. Thank you. All right. Jeremy Wang, who is chief technology officer of a company called the Sky Guys. He is an expert on drones, and uh, I think he's given us uh, some food for thought. And the idea that uh, we're not completely powerless to deal with this, uh, I, I have nothing but disdain for the people who uh, would cause harm. Okay, we're going to, uh, we have about 45 minutes left before um, we uh, step out of the way and uh, go over to On Point, uh, which uh, ensues after 7 o'clock. But in the meantime, I want to talk uh, a little bit about um, Toronto Charities, who have seen a drop in donations Probably, I mean, some people are speculating because of the Canada Post strike. Uh, Also about uh, Huawei, there's news today. We actually uh, broke it about uh, an hour, an hour and a half ago that uh, the government of Canada has more formally through Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland demanded the release of uh, the two Canadians who are uh, apparently being held by the Chinese government uh, and very much in connection with the the fact that uh, an executive of Huawei... Uh, Madame uh, Wengzhu, Meng Wengzhu, uh, was arrested apparently on behalf of the United States on an extradition order, but no trial has been held on that extradition as yet. So a lot going on, and uh, the whole concept of Huawei itself and what kind of a threat, if any, it represents to Canada, because Huawei, aside from doing everything else, uh, is a substantial company that manufactures the latest, greatest 5G network equipment, and whether or not we should be rolling that out in Canada, as apparently Bell and TELUS have contemplated doing. So a lot to talk about still to come right here on The Oakley Show. I'm Peter Sherman. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.